The Chamber of Secrets has indeed been opened again. Harry Potter must say he's not going back to school. Scared Potter, you wish. The Arasidon has returned to Hogwarts. The question is, who is it? Gilderoy Lockhart, Order of Merlin, third class. No one asked your opinion, you filthy little mudblood. It means dirty blood. Mudblood's a really foul name for someone who's muggle-born, someone with non-magic parents, someone like me. It's not a term one usually hears in civilized conversation. Is there something you wish to tell me? Unless the culprit behind these attacks is caught, it is likely the school will be closed. Hello and welcome back to Inside Quotes. Order of Merlin, third class, honorary members of the Dark Force Defense League, and five-time winner of Witch Weekly's Most Charming Smile Award. <laughs> but I don't talk about that. We didn't get rid of the band and Banshee by smiling at her. <laughs> but we're also the show that rewatches, reviews, and relives the staples of our childhood. I'm your host, Jeremy Jones, and with me today is my older brother, Jonathan. Jonathan, welcome back to the show. Hello to you, too. Oh, wait, that's the wrong animal. Sorry, I was speaking parcel tongue. Uh, quack, quack, everybody. It's good to be back <laughs> on Inside Quotes, and we're here to discuss Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets. I'm just jumping right into it, because we got a lot to discuss on this episode. We are back in the wizarding world, and first question I have for you, Jeremy, is this. Okay. What exactly is the function of a rubber duck? <laughs> um, to squeak and squawk and have bath time fun. Is it quack, quack? Quack, quack. Dude, yeah. merch, new merch idea for Inside Quotes. Uh, rubber duck. Dude, let's get some rubber duckies. <laughs> quack, quack. I'm sure. That... <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so today we are covering the second installment of the Harry Potter series, uh, otherwise known as Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets, otherwise known as Harry Potter and the Voice Cracks of 7th Grade, um and i thought of a really good uh thought exercise i saw online uh some guy was taking all of the harry potter movies and books and coming up with an alternate title like a serious one Mm -hmm. and i started to think of one uh i thought harry potter and the heir of slytherin could have been a better not better but a good a really good uh title you know because this is Okay, go. Oh, go ahead. I'll keep going. I was just going to say, because this is a super Slytherin movie. Um, but yeah, you go. Well, I've got one. Uh, how about we call this one Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban? Because Hagrid goes to Azkaban, and he's a prisoner. Yeah. <laughs> Not Azkaban prison! <laughs> um, I've got one more. Uh, <laughs> Harry Potter and the Overuse of Racial Slurs. <laughs> Or how about um, Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix? Because there's that scene where the Phoenix is in the Chamber of Secrets at the bottom, you know, below the school. And he says to Harry, you, you may have missed the line, but he's like, Harry, uh, get me uh, a cheeseburger and fries and a shake. That's an order. 
have you have you seen that meme before yeah (laughs) (laughs) that's an old one classic (laughs) classic classic so jeremy we watch this movie a lot as kids would you say this is a staple of our childhood oh yes i would oh a slithering staple a staple of our childhood i don't know what that was No, this is a staple of our childhood. Maybe even stapliest. You know, this was constantly on the TV growing up. Dude, I think, I don't know, between this and the first one is the one we've probably seen the most. Mm -hmm. But I feel like this one specifically, I feel like they always have the second Harry Potter on TV more than Mm -hmm. any of the other ones. I don't know why. Maybe because it's got long run time. Isn't this like the longest movie? And the shortest book. Well, um, I think the first two books are like pretty much identical uh, size. Yeah. Um, but this is the longest movie in the series. And I love it for that reason, really. And for good reason. <laughs> the the Harry Potter run times are kind of weird because like specifically Order of the Phoenix is like the longest book and it's like the shortest yeah. movie, which has always <laughs> been like a pet peeve of mine. Yeah. Um, but with Chamber of Secrets... This was an example of the movie like enhancing my enjoyment of the book. The first time I read this book, yeah. I didn't like it that much. I feel like it was uh, we kind of discussed this in uh the previous episode for the first movie, but like I kind of read these at like maybe before I should have reading level mm-hmm. wise. <laughs> and so I don't know <laughs> if my comprehension was there or also just like this movie really helped me like imagine and like like see visually what was like going on, especially like the stuff in the chamber and that sort of thing. Um, and the movie just like really enhanced the book for me because there I remember there was like certain sections where I was like, this is, isn't really as good as the first one. I thought it was kind of boring, specifically mm. the chapter that's not in the movie, <laughs> uh, the Death Day Party. Oh, yeah. I always thought that was kind of a boring like section of the book. But I liked it. I don't know. No, as I've gotten older, because it's not in the movie, like <laughs> I always look forward to that chapter now because it's like, yeah. oh, they didn't put that in. And so it's kind of nice to get something like different. I don't know what it is, but a lot of people don't say that Chamber Secrets is their favorite book. And I think it is one of my favorites, like top three for me. Yeah. It's hard to say it's my favorite, but I like it better than the first book. Oh, yeah. yeah and I it's more... So um, the second one is more like a mystery. Uh, I mean, they're all like good mysteries, but like this is a real like we gotta find clues and we gotta figure things out, and it's like the most campy mi- um mystery that they have. I what I love about this one is you get into like the myths and legends surrounding Hogwarts. You know, yeah. Lots of lore. And like you get to really you get to really explore the school a lot more. Yeah, that's what I like. That's something I like about this movie is just exploring, you know, all the different areas of the castle. You get to see all these different different places that we haven't been before. Like the Slytherin common room, the herbology mm-hmm. classroom. Um what else? Chamber of Secrets. Uh oh yeah. Yeah. Girls bathroom. <laughs> I mean, they go to the the classics, too. Like, they bring you back to the Great Hall, the common room. Yeah. The corridors. <laughs> uh, yeah, they're, the world is opening 
movie by movie. As we watch this, we watch the versions that are on Peacock, which have like, yeah. like are like the extended versions. So they've got like the deleted scenes, like added in and that sort of thing. I think I guess they're like TV versions. Yeah. Um. So yeah, we watched the extended version, but like the TV version of it. So there are like a bunch of fade to black, like cut to like commercial points, but without the commercials. And it was weirdly comforting. Like, hmm. I truly love this version because it focuses on the on the details from the book that don't necessarily matter and aren't really crucial but they add to like the overall kids personal mindset yeah um of how they're you're, figuring you're out like, stuff yeah yeah um you're like part of the mystery gang i guess <laughs> which is kind of hard to it's it's weird associating these movies with like mystery like Scooby Doo, but <laughs> they're good. They're, that's what it is. They do they do have that kind of element to them, yeah. especially, especially these early ones. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I I like the it. It just makes you feel like you're in the fall, like at Thanksgiving or something. When I don't know, is it ABC Family that does it every year? There's a Harry Potter marathon on TV, and that's always really comforting. Yeah, there's something about that, like the the TV, like movie marathons or like not even just movies, but like TV series where it's just like, oh, the, I, like I feel like I don't remember. I feel like Twilight Zone does something on some day where it's just like they just show Twilight Zone's ep- episodes like yeah. all day sci-fi channel or something like that. Oh, yeah, um, exactly what you mean. Uh, I know like Christmas Eve, like TBS used to show a Christmas story just like for 24 hours straight <laughs> and like didn't show anything. There's something about that at like different like holidays and stuff of the TV marathons that right. because I don't watch traditional TV anymore, don't have cable. It's just yeah. like we don't really think about that or like we have commercials cut into streaming, but it's it's different. It's definitely not the same. And it's like a, a different. They don't they don't really make the cuts and they don't really fade to black like it used to be. They just kind of mm-hmm. take you away. And like it shows the, it shows the ad just loading pretty much. It's kind of jarring, yeah. specifically with movies, because like TV shows, you know, network TV shows. If you watch that on Hulu or something, those have the breaks cut in, so those are natural. Right. But like when you're watching a movie on some streaming platform that has ads, like yeah. it is just very jarring. It's just like there's no like thought into like where they place the ads. It seems like sometimes it's just like yeah. all of a sudden you're in the middle of the movie. And then the next moment, you're in a T-Mobile store, like trying to discuss a phone plan with someone. Right. Yeah. Yeah. They also use the same exact ads, too, on the internet. I mean, I guess it's kind of repetitive on uh, on actual TV or cable, but it's yeah. it's more, they have more variety of ads because they go for a long time. I don't know. It's just like the fade to black and the sound just smoothly cutting. It's weirdly calming. I kind of like it. Brings me back. Now, I'm not saying I love ad breaks. Come on. But yeah. Which brings us to today's ad break. We've got a sponsor for today's episode, Borgen and Burks, located in Nocturne Alley. Ooh, good segue. Uh, they've got a great deal on flesh eating slug repellent. So mm. just tell them inside quotes sent you. <laughs> Never know when you're going to be barfing up slugs. <laughs> um. <laughs> Well, Jeremy, did you have any stories like related to this movie? I know we talked a lot about like personal stories. I feel like the first with the first movie. Um, For me, like the second one, 
it's kind of similar to the first because I have the memory of our school going and seeing this one in the theaters. Yeah. So like our whole school, like it was a whole field trip, everyone from a certain grade up because we were in a small private school. We all yeah. went to go see like Harry Potter, like opening week. And so I have that that memory, but that's that kind of blurs in, you know, with the with the first movie. I do remember being actually scared of this movie. Because okay, I, yeah. I wasn't necessarily expecting. I, I don't think I hadn't read the books at this point. I didn't start reading them until after the third one. Mm. I believe I started re- reading them at the fourth movie. So I read the fourth book and then the fourth movie came out. That's when I did that. But that doesn't make sense because I was in first grade, second grade. When the fourth movie came out? Till in four? Uh, the fourth one was 05, like winter 05. Okay, well, maybe I had listened to him for the first, eh, whatever. We used to listen to those in the car. You probably listened to Jim Dale read yeah. all these books before you actually read them for yourself. Jim Dale could read anything, <laughs> and I would listen to it. <laughs> he could read the phone book, and I'd be entertained. <laughs> I guess we talked about on the first one. I, I think I had seen... I think I had read each book before each movie came out, and okay. that was something I was able to compare. I'm proud um, of that. <laughs> well, like we uh, also like we discussed previously, I didn't read them very well, so <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was kind of hazy on some of the vocabulary and some of the stuff going on in the books, but <laughs> I think by the time the second one came out, for sure, um, I was caught up to speed. And this movie. I was reading it came out November 15th, 2002. 20 years ago. You know what? That's right. I didn't even think about that, but that's Dude. true. 2002 was like the best year of movies for me. I've I've talked about this before on the show, but like we had all the major franchises had a big movie coming out that year. Yeah. We had, you know, Chamber of Secrets. We had Star Wars. Episode two came out. Ooh, we had yep. uh, Lord of the Rings, Two Towers, also kind of the end of 2002. So, like, all these major franchises were coming out. Oh, and let's Dude. not forget the Scooby-Doo movie, right? Let's not forget <laughs> Country Bears. Ooh. You know what? I, you're right. That is a 2002. I always think that's 2003. Yep. Let's, let's look it up. Let's and what's really up. funny is that nobody cares about the years as much as we do. <laughs> It's 2002. Yeah, yeah, I know. I know my favorite movies. Okay. So Country Bears came out as well. So this was just an epic year for cinema. I mean, yep. if I do say so myself. Uh, Lilo and Stitch. Let me raise you to uh, Treasure Planet. Which we watched recently for the first time. Which we, yeah, we watched it last <laughs> Saturday for the first time. I, that was really good. I would be willing to cover that as an honorary staple. At some point in yeah. the future. It is so good. I was I was enthralled the entire way. I feel like that would be a good one. We need we need someone that grew up with it. Yeah, that for has sure. That excitement, so, that childhood excitement. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll definitely it. have fun with that one. But yeah, no, 2002, probably the best year for movies. But the first five years of the 2000s were just banger on bangers on bangers, dude. Another thing I was going to mention was um we growing up like we had harry potter games 
like yes, and the the Chamber of Secrets um, Game Boy Color game mm. was the very first game that I ever played in its entirety. Because this is how really? it worked with video games for me. Um, I wasn't very good, and I would get like tired of it after a while, <laughs> I'm, yeah. like not winning or like not figuring it out. But mm-hmm. like because I enjoyed playing the game, and I was like, oh, this is cool. Like I love like Harry Potter stuff. Like that was like the first one that I ever like. It took me a long time, but like I actually like played it all the way to the end and finished it. Yeah, that's awesome. And then and then also we had the PC games for the first two. Do you remember yeah. those? Yeah. Okay, so I I think we played Chamber Secrets more on mm-hmm. the PC games because I kind of got stuck. In- <laughs> so the PC games, the first two PC games were the greatest Harry Potter games that have ever come out. They kind of <laughs> fell off when they started doing uh, doing them for, like, PlayStation and uh, Xbox or whatever. The first three were the ones we played a lot. I had Because yeah. I had it for Game Boy Advance. I had Prisoner of Azkaban. Okay, Advan- okay Game Boy, that's a little but I didn't. I never went past that. I, I remember getting stuck on the PC game for the first movie. Okay. Uh, in Defense Against the Dark Arts class. Because you had to mm-hmm. use the mouse... To like drag the like spell shape, yeah. and our mouse was way too sensitive. And it was back when you couldn't change your settings for the mouse, mm-hmm. um, or I just didn't think about it. And it was just insanely hard to. It's like drawing a circle, perfect circle with your mouse. You can't do it. <laughs> so I gave up and went, moved on to the Chamber of Secrets, and that one was so easy for me. I don't think I played it all the way through, but I would just like explore the castle these were like open world this is our shot at going to hogwarts on our terms you know i i think i don't think i finished the the pc games um i think it was easier for me to like play the game boy color like in the car and stuff and on road trips and Mm -hmm. and things like that so i played that a lot more than like sitting at the computer for long periods of time yeah but i just remember like (laughs) like you would like collect birdie bots beans like in the game and they would you'd yeah, always have like some huge. kind of narrator like ron would like go to one end of the of a room and be like harry follow me to the other end of the corridor <laughs> collect the beans at the end Co- finish the puzzle <laughs> and then when you wouldn't do anything he would just repeat himself again harry, harry do you hear me come to the end of the corridor <laughs> hurry up harry time's running out didn't even sound like Ron, <laughs> some British boy. I think Peeves was in the games too, which was kind of yeah, cool. which was he was scary. never in the movies. That was a hard level for sure. We're not really <laughs> huge gamers here on Inside Quotes, but this, this was great. The, these were great. I've always, I've never been much of a gamer, but like anything movie related, that's what's captured my attention. Yeah, so if it's Harry yeah. Potter or Star Wars or something, something Star that I like, Wars I want to be. I want to be in the world more Then that's something that like engages or school engages of rock games for ones. like, you know, guitar hero. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Actually recently though, like in the last few years, well, last couple years, you played the, the Lego Harry Potter games, right? Yeah. Um, I think I was bored one time over Thanksgiving break a couple years ago mm-hmm. and there's nothing to do around the house. And I saw, I guess I had bought them at one point. They were like cheap, like Xbox 360 games. I had gotten it for our nephew to play like yeah, when he was yeah, over. Yeah. 
Yeah. And I was like, all right, I'll give these a shot. I remember playing like the Star Wars on the Game Boy or the DS or whatever and Mm -hmm. uh, not enjoying it that much. (laughs) But I was like, hey, it's cool. And it uh, it was fun. But definitely doesn't beat the the laggy PC Chamber of Secrets, especially the Wampling Wampling Willow. The Wampling? Wamping Wampling. The Willow That Womps. <laughs> oh, a recess. But, yeah, that was a great game, and I'm glad you brought that up, because I don't think I would have brought, brought that up. It's now or never, man. Um, You mentioned earlier, though, like, you were, like, kind of scared of this one. Was it was the Basilisk, was the Basilisk yeah. a big part of that? <laughs> this one was a little bit darker. Yeah, so I, me, in 2002, I was probably kindergarten. First grade, kindergarten, I don't know. Um, yeah, no, like, especially like you're scared of the monster. You don't know what it is this whole time. And people are going to say, let me just go on this tangent real quick. People are going to say that this is such an easily and predictable mystery movie, but it is not. It's because they've seen the movie and read the book so many times. Mm -hmm. And People will bash on it for being so simple or like, I could have called that miles away. But you're also an adult who have seen other mystery movies. But if you were a kid watching it for the first time in the theater, you have no idea what's going on. And it is one of the greatest mysteries you've ever seen. Yeah, That's all I want to say. Especially if you didn't read the book. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But I meant like as you're reading the book too. Um, yeah but then people are some people bash on it but i think it's excellent i really like this one um and i don't know how how far into spoilers for like the rest of the series we want to get into um but this is definitely like a critical book for like (laughs) yeah you know the the story going forward um and I, i am curious like how much of that was like planned out from the beginning because i have some yep. questions um but we can get to those a little bit later on uh whenever we want to talk about like tom riddle and stuff because okay. I, I have some questions later let's talk about the beginning of the movie um dobby of course we got new characters we've got to talk about the beginning because as as the series goes on we get less and less of the dursleys so we got it we got to give them their yeah. moment in these early movies yeah, because those that's scenes true. are so iconic yeah, Dudley, what will you be doing? I'll be waiting to open the door. I'll be in my bedroom, pretending that I don't exist. Boy, you just ruined the punchline to my Japanese golfer joke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so he's got his boss and his boss's wife coming over for a dinner party. I guess he's trying to get a promotion. And they are so ashamed of Harry, they don't let him join in on the festivities. Oh, yeah. So uh, they lock him in his room, and then Dobby shows up, who is a house elf. You guys know this. And he's trying to get him not to come back to Hogwarts, because he knows something. Um, so he's trying to sabotage Harry's life throughout the entire, mo- throughout the entire book. Oh, yeah. um, but the first offense is him stealing... Her, or all of his friends from Hogwarts letters that have been sent to him and storing them away. He had a whole stack 
And he's just like, yeah. well, if they don't love you, if you don't think you have friends at Hogwarts, <laughs> then you won't go back. Idiot. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's like I'd, I'd rather have I'd rather have no friends at Hogwarts than live with the Dursleys. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's a win-win. There's a monster that's trying to kill me. I will still enjoy that more. Um, yeah. <laughs> I almost died there. It was great. <laughs> um, but then the other offense, pretty awesome. Uh, but Aunt Petunia is making this trifle, this pudding of some sorts and it looks so good oh yeah it's like purple white and green icing pudding i'd have no idea it's some british dessert but it looked awesome it's actually not a cake i always thought it was a cake it only looks like a cake because it's floating and there's Mm. like cherries on it if they sold that at harry potter world i'd probably pay a hundred dollars for it (laughs) um but Dobby snaps and uses house elf magic. This is our first like visual or this is our first experience with house elves and hearing of house elves. So yep. um, they have magic, but they don't use wands. Um, and he, he lifts up the, the trifle cake looking thing and he floats it over to like right above his boss. And Harry's like out there trying to catch it, but it looks like he's levitating it with his hands <laughs> and Uncle Vernon just completely stops his Japanese golfer joke. <laughs> He's just like cowering in fear. And then Harry doesn't catch it in time and just drops. Yeah. Um, this one, this movie too. Another reason why I like it. It's um, first of all, this is my favorite Harry Potter movie. The second one. Is it really? Go ahead and say that. This is my favorite one. Okay. 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 This is the most nostalgic one for me. Yeah. Um, I like it because it's longer and you get more of the story. And I also think it's very faithful to the book. Okay. And just, it helped me really, like I said before, it helped me enjoy the story and understand the story a lot more seeing the movie and going back and appreciating the book. So that's why this is like my favorite one. Okay. I, I can agree with that. Uh, I think what we should do so we don't offend everybody is come up with a superlative for every movie as we go along because some people are going to be like, you guys are idiots. I mean, I love them all. I'm just saying this is the one. I mean, there's an objective best movie. There's an objective best book. No, I don't know about that, but there's an objective best movie. Um, but favorite movie. And then there's an entertaining one. I feel like that's, yeah, well there's different categories we can give. Well, there's like your favorite book, your favorite movie, book adaptation. Let's say this is our favorite book adaptation. Okay. Yeah. You could say Even that. Even though, especially with the, this is counting the uh, extended edition, like extra 10 minutes hmm. of some crucial, mysterious finding, solving scenes. Well, I think it's time that we also talk about the best Defense Against the Dark Arts teacher in Hogwarts history, Gilderoy Lockhart. What? Is that, is that a hot take? Are you kidding me? Well, well, so I don't I don't understand. What is this reaction? Are you serious? You're saying Gilderoy Lockhart is the best Hogwarts teacher. Not when it comes to skill, but he is the most entertaining character. Okay. I absolutely love Gilderoy Lockhart, and I love 
Kenneth Branagh. I love he's it. Perfect. He's a great. He's perfect for this role. He's perfect. Yeah, 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 yeah. But he's the best teacher. <laughs> he's not the best teacher. I'm just saying, he's the most entertaining. <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll take that. Okay, I'll take it. That's fine. <laughs> I don't know where that where that like. You've got the whole like ranking of the Defense Against the Dark Arts teachers. Yeah. I don't know if that has to do with skill level or what. I'm just saying Gilderoy Lockhart is my favorite. It, it's a mixed match. Okay. <laughs> That's fine. That's fine. That's fine. Hey, we're two movies in. I'm going to put him above Quirrell. Yes. Okay. That's a good... We can get into that ranking. At least he doesn't have Quirrell on the back of his head. I mean, he doesn't have <laughs> on the back of his head. <laughs> yeah. No, he, he's not evil, but he's not good. Mm-mm. He's sort of like a hindrance to the. He's to pretty the good plot. with the memory charms. Yeah, pretty good, pretty good. Uh, bad with broken wands, though. Um, <laughs> he's a fraud. Fame is a fickle friend, Harry. Celebrity <laughs> is as celebrity does. Remember he that he probably he does have the most quotes as a as a character as a teacher. <laughs> so yeah, no, definitely better than Quirrell. Doesn't have a parasite on his head. <laughs> not doing not practicing cultural appropriation with a turban on his head um he's just a happy go lucky overly charming dude that all the girls love for some reason and i think i would never not cast kenneth breno if i was the casting director for this in 2000 or 2001 but uh in the book he's supposed to be younger that's why all the girls are like into him because right now he's like in his 40s. <laughs> mm. um, but he's more of like a fresh out of college, like younger than. Um, OK, Harry's Young hot shot. Yeah, that's why he's only like third class order of yeah. Merlin, not first. He's class probably yet, like you know? late 20s, early 30s. Mm. Enough to make all make up all those lies and write all the books. But <laughs> yeah, no, he's he's great. I love Kenneth Breno. Gather so. round, gather round. Can everybody hear me? Can hear everybody me? see me? <laughs> Excellent. <sighs> I just love that he's got that whole like self-portrait of himself in the classroom. Painting himself. <laughs> painting painting a picture <laughs> of himself. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Such a great detail. The Cornish Pixies. That was a good scene. For sure. This every scene with him in it, I just I just I'm like smiling the whole time because it's just so funny. I yeah. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's it's just like characters like that that are just so full of themselves and like so unaware that I think yeah. is really funny. Yeah, yeah. There's something about that. I don't know. <laughs> um, I was gonna ask though. I mean, what do you think? Did Dumbledore know that he's like a fraud and he like hired him to kind of expose him? Or do you think he he had fooled Dumbledore? Like what is the Dude. thought process on that? <laughs> that would be really funny if he did do that just to expose him. But <laughs> I don't know. There's some questionable decisions when you think about Dumbledore in the early books. I mean, he's pretty desperate to fill that position at all times. Yeah, I much. guess so. So I mean he hires a Death Eater. Essentially in the fourth <laughs> book. But unknowingly unknowingly i guess but i guess we sort of portrayed dumbledore since he's the greatest wizard as like all-knowing mm -hmm. omnipotent but he's not no. he puts his robes on one leg at a time 
But that would be really funny. I'm sure he knows. I think a good wizard can tell if another good wizard is really a good wizard or not. De- I know I know all the other teachers knew he was a fraud too. They were just weren't saying anything. I know I love at the end when like there's the note about you know her skeleton will lie in the chamber forever, you know, and they're talking about how Ginny had gotten taken into the chamber and mm-hmm. and then Gilderoy walks up to all the teachers and they're trying to figure out what to do and they're just Oh, you know, Gilderoy, we'll just, we'll just let you, you know, you've been saying all this time, you know how to get in. We'll just let you do that, you know. This is your moment. (laughs) And you know, they're just like trolling them. But at the same time, I'm wondering, like, I mean, this is a real crisis and they're like making this a joke or or are they just like trying to get them out of the way so that they can like actually solve the problem? I think that's what they're, I think that's what they were trying to do. (laughs) Yeah, he's like, sorry, I just woke up. Or sorry, I just woke from sleeping. <laughs> what did I miss? <laughs> sorry, I was just answering some fan mail. <laughs> Best attention ever. What are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> That's so funny. He's he's a good character. So full of himself. I like the part in, like, after the Quidditch match, when he broke his arm. <laughs> oh, yeah. And then Gilderoy Lockhart's just like, this is my time to shine. Everybody step back, give him some space. All right, Harry. I will have you fixed up in a jiff. Then he says, like, okay, there's some really good spells in this movie. Um, new, new spells that, we, that we're learning that aren't ever used ever again. <laughs> yeah. Like, brachium imindo. Maybe because it takes away um, bones, but yeah, I don't really know what the purpose of that one was. That's an evil spell if it takes away people's bones. <laughs> and I love, like, I don't know if you were about to mention this, but, like, whenever Gilderoy comes, like, walking up, he's like, well, I'll fix it. And, like, you just see Harry's face. It just, like, uh, he just, like, gets sad. He's uh, just like, oh, no, not, not you. you. <laughs> the boy doesn't know what he's saying. <laughs> no, not you. And then Madame Pomfrey is just like, that idiot. <laughs> Mending a broken arm is one thing, but growing them back? <laughs> that will be painful. Oh, man. That bottle of Skelligro. I wonder what Skelligro tastes like. Probably really that's gross. Just like, that's just like straight up rubbing alcohol or something. Calcium extract. <laughs> <laughs> what did you expect? Pumpkin juice? <laughs> I wanted to go back. Before they get to school, like in the story, like, yeah, um, we kind of skipped over it, but uh, the Weasleys, they come in the flying car, they pick up Harry, they take him away from the Dursleys, and they go back to the to the burrow, which Iconic is like, we scene. see Ron's house, Ron's house for the first time. Yeah, this is great. Also, the bar, like the escape is so like edgy your seat, like they pull off mm-hmm. the bars off of Harry's window yeah. and Vernon just grabs him by the ankle and he just gets away just in time. It's so, like, edge of your seat. It's awesome. And then everything's good, and they go to the burrow, and you really truly feel like you're home, and you haven't even been there yet. I love the burrow. If it were realistically possible to make a house that looks like that, I would probably build a house like that. (laughs) But I don't want it to fall over in a storm, because I don't have any magic. (laughs) So cozy. They did a really good job of making that set. 
one thing I want to bring up about the clock. That's one of my favorite things, obviously. I love, like, the Burrow is your first experience with um, the Wizarding World that's not in public or, like, at Hogwarts, you know? That's not that It's cool. like, yeah. it's someone's home, like a magical home. And you see, like, sort of like the Wizarding Housewife, um, like, the homemaker. But, like, yeah. the dishes washing themselves in, <laughs> uh, what else? The, somebody knitting a scarf the knitting by themselves yeah. that was cool um but it's just so cool I, the sound of the brush on the cast iron pot oh yeah so great i could listen to that as sleep sounds <laughs> um but the clock that's really cool it's like a grandfather clock and it has like pieces of what are those called hands <laughs> hands the clock <laughs> hands with pictures of each of their kids, each of the Weasley kids. And it has, instead of like numbers, it's got like places in the Wizarding World where they could be. So it like checks on their location. And as soon as they get home, like the twins and Ron, their their hands go to home. Mm-hmm. But if you noticed, um, obviously I guess the parents aren't on there. But, you know, Percy, Percy lives at home. Ginny lives at home. They weren't on the home spot either, but they were home whenever they got home. I said home a lot in like <laughs> the past two sentences, but they're not there. Plot hole. Hmm. Maybe they were in mortal danger. Maybe <laughs> that's a good one. Isn't, mortal danger. Isn't that a section on there? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so many good details. Ugh. It's a good quote in that scene too. Where have you? Bed. Bed's empty, no note. Car gone. You could have died. You could have been seen. Put bars on his window, Mom. You best be hoping I don't put bars on your window, Ronald Weasley. Iconic. Oh, yes, and Harry, we're very pleased to see you, darling. <laughs> yeah, she just instantly <laughs> switches. It's like when you're at your friend's house and your friend's the one that gets in trouble. It's just awkward for you because you're next to them. You don't know what to do. You're like, oh, they're getting, they're getting chewed out, and like you feel partially responsible. <laughs> wonderful feeling. Going to a friend's house. That's, that's wonderful. Um, but yeah, and then the and I flu love the powder. scene. Uh, well, oh, before that, like I love the scene when Arthur comes home from work because Arthur is another great, yeah, great uh, actor for that role. Yeah, I mean, all the casting in, in all these movies are great, but I, I really like him, too. Yeah. Nine raids. Nine. Nine. <laughs> Arthur, do you know what, want to know what your kids did last night? It's like, what? It's like, they drove your car all the way to Surrey. <laughs> did you really? Did you really? How did it go? <laughs> I mean, that was very wrong indeed, boys. Very wrong. <laughs> <laughs> oh man he's the good cop of the the parents that's so great that's like the best introduction to this like you have you've met his mom before but you haven't met his dad and you don't know how yeah. he's gonna be like and he's just the best possible outcome oh yeah and you just love his like he's fascination fascination with like muggles yeah. and like yeah, that's what he yeah. works with like in the ministry of magic but he's yeah. just like so curious about it. it's like oh these muggles ingenious aren't they yeah yeah things they come up with you were starting to say something else before we like oh i was gonna bring it up to the flu powder 
That is mm-hmm. awesome. What a what a great idea. I have one question though about the flu powder. It seems like every wizarding family has that. Is that something they make? Something they conjure, or is it something like they pick up from the store? Question. Seems like it's something they pick up from the store. Like, oh, I'm out of flu powder. Mm-hmm. I guess I gotta yeah apparate there or take the broom. And that's the thing, because like the adults can apparate, but, yeah, but I guess they can't. only have that for the kids, which yeah. is interesting. <laughs> the green flames, like this movie is slithering all the way through, even in the most oh, Gryffindor yeah. home. There's green flames. I mean, yeah, you look at the the poster for the movie. Everything has like a green aesthetic, yeah. a green color palette. In the school, the American version of the books, the the covers have their own color, pretty much. And mm-hmm. Goblet of Fire and Half Blood Prince are are, are green, but they should have made mm. Chamber of Secrets green. That yeah, one I agree is, with that. Yeah. So they go. It's time to get school supplies. First time of the year. It's like everybody. I I bet like everybody the Saturday before they go to school. Um, I bet they all go to like, Diagon Alley on the same day, and it's like such a good feeling. It's like mm-hmm. picking up your school supplies or like going to an open house before your school starts. Oh yeah. And like seeing your classmates at the beginning of the year. Ah, oh, it's so fun. A memory there. Open house, man. Open house. Like you haven't seen any of these kids like since, you know, the end of the last year. It's been the whole <laughs> yeah. summer. And then like you go to like meet your new teacher and everything and it's great. Oh man. It's great. Good feelings. Get your books for the go figure out what your books are. And then you take your books home open house and you're like this is what i'm gonna learn and then as soon as school starts you hate it oh yeah yeah especially if your like teacher assigns you to just buy all of their books <laughs> yeah that are just about their stories <laughs> yeah that would suck <laughs> here to pick up a copy of magical me <laughs> he's a great character I, okay, I agree with you he's great wonderful uh, so yeah, flu powder, awesome. They use it. They, it's time to go to Diagon Alley for the school supplies. Get your cauldrons. Get your. It's Jenny's first time. It's her first year at Mommy, Hogwarts. So have you seen my jumper? <laughs> Guess it's a special on the cat. Vocab word. <laughs> jumper. 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 Honestly, I still didn't know at that point what a jumper was. I was like, what? I thought it was some like girl skirt. But it's just like a sweater. <laughs> that's all. That's yeah. all it is. Yeah. So this movie made me realize what a jumper was. But so they go into Diagon Alley, and I don't know why. Diagon Alley. Make sure you speak very, very clearly. I mean, he's been to Diagon Alley before. He knows how to pronounce it, but he <laughs> just says Diagon Alley. And this is something I've always thought about too. Like, just because he says Diagon Alley. That's a direction. That's not where. That's not like coordinates. So, mm. like, how does he just perfectly? He didn't specify like how far he was gonna go. How did he perfectly get to Nocturne Alley? Yeah, I don't know. Doesn't it, doesn't it show him coming out of the the fireplace like at an angle too, yeah. like diagonally? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, he ends up at Borgen and Burks, which is a store in Nocturne Alley which is right next to uh, Diagon Alley, which, okay, so I went to Seattle in September of this year to visit some friends mm-hmm. and our aunt, Sarah. Um, and I went to Seattle with uh, Ben and Haley, and they 
took me to like Pike Place Market, like the most iconic part in Seattle. We went and saw the fish market. We passed by Starbucks. It was great. Um, that is the most diagonally experience in America <laughs> that America <laughs> has to offer, I would say. Besides, obviously, Wizarding World of Harry Potter in Orlando, Florida. Um, <laughs> but it's crazy because there's even like a little nocturne alley. Like you go down the stairs and then that's where the gum wall is. It's like oh, their okay. own like offshoot of like an underground marketplace. And it's like, it's really cool. We went there to put gum on the gum wall, obviously, because it's disgusting. But it's it was like Nocturne Alley. It was awesome. There's mm. like a coffee shop down there called Bones Coffee or something dark like that. <laughs> it was cool. It was really cool. And it's just the fact that it's right next to Pike Place or Diagon Alley. It was really neat. Um, okay, yeah. So then after Harry gets out of the... There's like some deleted... It's not part of the theatrical release, but there's a scene in the extended where Malfoy and Lucius come into Borgen and Burks to sell something. Uh, it's pretty crucial. They get the diary. Um, pretty crucial to the plot. Uh, but they cut that out. Um, but it's okay. Um, and then Hagrid is down in Nocturne Alley and he happens to be there buying fleshening slug repellent. And he's like, what are you doing down here? And okay. <laughs> stranger danger, dude. As soon as he gets out of Borgen and Burks, that creepy witch is like, we'll help you find your way here. <laughs> People crowding him. That was, that was really intense. That was scary. Um, scary than the basilisk. Kind of. Just like some creepy people just willing to talk to you on the street. Mm. <laughs> Freaks you out. Um, and then he takes them up to meet everybody at Flourish and Blots. Bots? Blots? Flourish and Bots. Blots. Flourish and Blots. Blots? Blots. That sounds right. Anyways. Uh, to get everybody's books for the, for the school year. And everyone has to pay buku bucks for... All of Gilderoy Lockhart's new endeavors, adventures. Um, Mom fancies him. Yeah, and all the ladies love him. Um, turns out Gilderoy Lockhart is there doing a book signing. Um, and I don't know if this is in the regular version or not, but there's a shot of Hermione's parents talking to Arthur Weasley. Was that in yes. the just in the extended, or is that in the real version? I think that's in the theatrical cut. Okay. I yeah, I think I remember seeing that. Because that's, that's our first like glimpse of Hermione's parents. But mm -hmm. what's weird about it is I didn't think like they were muggles were allowed to go into like Diagon Alley. Mm -hmm. But that makes total sense because they have to get their school supplies. Where are they going to go? Target? Well, yeah. I mean, how did Hermione figure out like which four bricks to tap if no <laughs> yeah. one showed her how to get I into guess they Diagon said Alley? I guess they send an extra letter she to it out. Muggles. They just hop the wall. <laughs> it's fine. Yeah. I don't know. Um, yeah, it's like, it's interesting. I've never thought of like Muggles going to, I thought it was always hidden, kind of like Hogwarts. But it's kind of cool seeing them. Um, and then there's a great quote right after that. Cause Here, here's a question. Do you think um, um, Harry's aunt, Petunia, ever went to Diagon Alley? With like her sister, <gasps> her family. That's cool. That's a cool thought. Think she's ever been there? 
Probably, hopefully. Maybe mm-hmm. not. <laughs> I don't know. That's a cool thought. How jealous would you be like <laughs> like Dude, one of your yeah. siblings is has magic? <laughs> well, I guess we'll get into that in the seventh book. I guess we will. Man. That's a great yeah. thought. I'm no I don't think a lot of people have ever thought that. Original thoughts on the IQ. <laughs> uh so right after this there's a good quote. It's just one word, but it's more I know of what like you're say. <laughs> Lucius. So um yeah. So Arthur Weasley and the Malfoys. Turns out Draco and Ron's dad both work at the ministry. Um mm-hmm. and they aren't friends either. Big surprise. Yeah. Um <laughs> so it's just like when you see a coworker or somebody you don't really care for at the grocery store or something. <laughs> you're just like you give the hey the listeners can't see what I'm doing, but I'm doing the, the nod. The national white guy nod. The smirk a little <laughs> bit. Not really a smirk. But um, he, he just goes, Lucius. <laughs> I love it. I love it, love it, love it. Famous Harry Potter. Can't even go to a bookshop without making the front page. Yeah, so this is Draco <laughs> Malfoy's most obnoxious scene in the entire series. This, his character in this is so, like, pretentious little rich brat. And he's just like ripping his first shot of him is ripping a page out of a book. For oh, what yeah. reason? He doesn't even need that page. I know. Like his dad can buy him anything in there. <laughs> but like it makes no sense. Anyways. Mm-hmm. Uh <laughs> but then he's all like he just it's like the kid that learned how to cuss. He just learned his cuss words, but he's saying it every other word to sound cool. Well, we can we can kind of pivot into that because um, we we do learn a new word in this in this yeah. story. Mud blood. He says it quite a lot in this. Filthy little mud blood. I think that was a new a new word he learned. Yeah, I think that's one of his new words. Yeah, um, that's why I said Harry Potter and the overuse of racial slurs. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he loves this word, and obviously people that have not put that together, sort of a allegory is that the right word i yeah i i was gonna ask like did you pick up on like these themes of prejudice like the first time you watched it absolutely not i didn't i didn't really make that connection other than like the literal interpretation of the book of like oh like people you know full-blooded wizards like look back on people from non-magic families with like disdain you know they're like yeah, I, I guess I had the simple, simplistic thought that, um, like, there's some people that think that they're better than others just based off of their status or race mm-hmm. or whatever. Not race, um, but inequality. And I understood yeah. that people think that, and that's a bad thing, um, talking about inequality. But I didn't really put together, like, the racial connotations to it. I think there's another aspect of it too is just like like a class system of like you know the one percent versus those yeah the Malfoys versus the Weasleys yeah. sure <laughs> the poorest family the poor are they so poor <laughs> I know I, I I will say when we did the IQ test with Andrew on the Fiddler on the Roof episode yeah. he did have a point when he, he brought up like why is there poverty in the Wizarding World. <laughs> <laughs> 
and like it's not like okay you think molly weasley this is her first year as an empty nester obviously she has uh jenny but like Mm-hmm. She could get herself a full time job if they're struggling, if they're hurting for money. She could get a job, um, and it's like, sure, you can be a homemaker, but you don't have any kids dirtying up the house. Plus, you have automated spells for that. So, like, what, you, say, what does what? she do during the year? <laughs> I need to know. I mean, I love this woman, but she, what does she do? I don't know. Book club. I don't, I don't know if she has any friends. Oh, well, I'll tell you what she's doing. She's reading like each and every Gilderoy Lockhart novel. That's true. That he, she is doing that. But she could get herself <laughs> a job, probably. I don't know what, but she could do it. Yeah, I was thinking that. I was thinking that thought just earlier when you mentioned like all the different household chores that are doing the work for them. She's not like it's a huge house, but it's being taken care of. I don't know if she has to concentrate her spells every time, but I'm sure she's getting an Amazon smart plug. It's fine. <laughs> what does she do um i just had a thought randomly so you know there's the scene where um there's the face off between the gryffindor and the slytherin quidditch mm-hmm. team and that's like a pivotal scene because of like the whole like malfoy calling hermione a mudblood yeah but where i was going with that was we get the uh reveal of like oh the new broomstick the nimbus dude. 2001 yeah dude and you know what that just reminded me of of like you remember when like the xbox was a thing and like then the xbox 360 came out Mm -hmm. and so everyone was just like oh the next one's gonna be the xbox 720 and then the 1080 (laughs) you know yeah that was so dumb we were so disappointed when it was just xbox one you know and then we got to the third book and like oh it's not the nimbus 2002 it's actually the firebolt Oh, that was kind of a letdown, right? Like, okay, well, I mainly because it's not the it brand anymore. Okay, mm. so Nimbus is its own brand of broomstick. So I'm sure maybe there's a Nimbus 2002. I don't know if it's a year. It's probably it's probably a year because why would they make that a model number? Mm-hmm. 2001. Nobody does that. Maybe they do like 3000 as the next or like the 2.0 or something. So I feel like that's just those years top of the line. Mm-hmm. And then this brand called Firebolt or the Tesla came out and it's just so much faster and better. Not, not, I'm not saying Teslas are better or faster, but they kind of are. It's just a brand new, exciting brand of car. I mean, it must be pretty good because for the rest of the series, like nothing can beat it. Yeah. Like yeah. there's no other new broomsticks that get release that harry has to have on the quidditch team yeah that's true i i think um firebolt is the iphone Mm, just changed everything yeah the nimbus 2001 was the blackberry yep blackberry and then nimbus 2000 was the razor (laughs) that's a good way to put it i'm happy with that yeah i think so i think so Uh, (laughs) but it's a classic scene because because ron like has his broken wand and he's like eat slugs malfoy and then you get the great Spell scene of him tape. burping up slugs in Hagrid's hut. Yeah. I love that. I love the bucket of him just being like, just throwing up when they're going through a deep conversation, like trying to console Hermione for being called a mudblood. It means dirty blood. 
perfect comedic. It's not like supposed to be funny, but it is. Oh yeah. It's not like they're trying. I mean, they are, but it's not like it's not like a dumb like added in joke, like forced joke in like a Marvel mm-hmm. movie these days. It was just like that's a naturally funny thing that happens alongside this conversation. You'll pay for that one, Malfoy. Eat slugs. The car. Let's talk about the car. Flying car. Okay. Mm-hmm. This this is a year where they miss the Hogwarts Express due to Dobby closing up the wall way too early. Mm-hmm. I wonder if like Dobby was just there. I don't know if he closed it temporarily because what they couldn't have been the last people there. I wonder if he also affected some other kids. <laughs> Ron was like, let's just steal the car. Our parents can operate home. It's fine. <laughs> Ron's a troublemaker in this one. He's like, I'm not going to see him for a year. It's okay. <laughs> I'll get in trouble. Um, so they take the flying car, which, by the way, flying cars growing up, that's like when you think of the future. We will be there once we see a flying car. Mm-hmm. You don't really think about Bluetooth or Wi-Fi or, I don't know, holograms. You yeah. think of a flying car. Once that happens, we are set. And I, I don't understand why we don't have it because, like, I thought Robin Williams, like, invented one in Flubber. Yeah. That was in 97. And for some reason, the Ford Corporation still hasn't gotten those in production. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm calling them out. I don't know what to say. <laughs> the invisibility booster must be faulty. Yeah, and they, they take off, and they're in London, and there's just a flying car, and people are just freaking out. Ron, I don't think muggles are accustomed to seeing a flying car. Oh, okay. And then they finally find the Hogwarts Express, and they just, honestly, that's pretty cool. I don't know, it's just like, instead of riding the bus to school, just driving with your friends to school, that's always way more fun. In that scene, there's some great quotes. Yeah. There's, uh, oh no, the invisibility boosters must be faulty. And my favorite, probably of the whole movie, um, mm-hmm. I can't. Your hands are sweaty. Give me your hand, Harry. <laughs> uh, I'm trying. Your hands are sweaty. Great. <laughs> the way it's like his puberty voice kicking in right there. It's like the perfect like oh, yeah. mid range for for Harry. It's so funny. Yeah, you mentioned that earlier, like the puberty voices. And it's like the first thing you notice when this movie yeah. starts, like like Harry's first line at the Dursleys. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay, this is what we're this is what we're working with this year. Yeah. And it's great. I love it. It's part of it's part of growing up. Really comes out with Ron at the end when he's just like freaking out about the spiders and stuff like that in the forest. We panic like, now. <laughs> I think the best, one of the best, like, sequences of the movie is um, the Polyjuice Potion scenes. Yeah. Where, you know, they're trying to figure out if uh, Malfoy is the one that's opened the Chamber of Secrets. And, like, oh, if we can, like, disguise ourselves, we can question him. Mm-hmm. So there's this whole process of them, like, brewing the, the potion over time, over the course of the movie, trying to, like... Which, that's a very you know, advanced potion. That's, like, sixth and seventh right. year. Oh, they wouldn't have been able to do it without Hermione, for sure. Oh, yeah. No, that that was really cool. It takes a month. The longest thing I've made is kombucha, and that takes two weeks. I don't have the patience for an entire month. Come on. Oh, yeah. It's just constantly bubbling. 
in a bathroom yeah. can't be sanitary no but then did you see the sludge that was polyjuice potion nope yep it did not look good <laughs> brownie batter Ugh. like the java from monsters inc <laughs> but i said i wanted to eat that so yeah i think we were in disagreement on that i was like no nah, i don't want that and you were like give me it. <laughs> <laughs> give me that i think in the book doesn't it say like I don't, I don't know what like color it is normally but like once you like add in like the hairs of the person that you're trying to impersonate it like takes on the personality of that person yeah yeah so i feel like they looked gross because they had like slytherins that was kind of part y- yeah of it. that's probably it i bet <laughs> a ravenclaw would be Ugh. nice and like essence of crab <laughs> that's pretty that's a good point that's a good point but although oh, i was gonna say well it's the same look for barty crouch jr but He's also a Death Eater, so he's, if not worse. That's kind of cool. They don't really touch on that in the movie, I don't think. Yeah. But that's that's a detail from the book, I remember. Uh, Yeah, there's a lot you learn. I mean, you watch these movies, but you don't really... You just learn kind of what they're learning in that year. And the potions were cool. The spells were cool. Um, herbology. Learning about the uh, mandrakes. Screaming mandrakes. Which, when I learned that that was a real root. Oh, the mandrake root? Yeah. I was like, does it hey, d- d- does it scream? <laughs> but do it scream, though? <laughs> and I just also love, in every single movie, well, at least the first couple, there's always that scene where Neville gets the butt end of the joke in class. Like the first one where he's on the broom, and he gets... Yeah. He doesn't know how to fly it, and he gets stuck up there and falls and breaks his arm. But this one's so good in the Cornish Pixie scene. I love that scene so much. Those are like, those are what good aliens could look like <laughs> in a movie. Um, Cornish Pixies. Freshly caught Cornish Pixies at that. Laugh if you will, Mr. Finnegan. He just lets them loose. <laughs> See what you make of them. Okay, I love this guy. I love this guy. He's a great teacher. Yeah. <laughs> Just right on, first time. Here's my name. This is what I'm teaching. Here's some pixies for y'all to fight. I'll be in my office. <laughs> it's great. I'll just ask you three to nip them into their cages. <laughs> Extra credit here. Uh, especially like... So what is that... Okay, there's always in every year there's the same classroom with defense against the dark arts classroom with this skeleton is that i always thought it's not a dragon what what animal is that because i always i kind of think it's a thestral but you can't see a thestral i don't know what it is maybe it's like a, a pegasus it's something that flies maybe it's a maybe it's a buckbeak hippogriff anyways i love the part where the cornish pixies are just going crazy and one of them gets steals a wand and gets on top of the dragon or whatever it's called, and he just yells, "Yeehaw!" This yeah. <laughs> is going down. So funny, <laughs> very subtle, but it's a good scene. And then, uh, what was the spell called? We just got to go over some spells because there's this is probably the most different spells taught in this movie. Yeah, isn't there some like inconsistencies with like the spells used throughout the name, like the names of the spells throughout the movies? 
Like maybe what, specifically like a Spelliarmus. Cause isn't that used in this one as like a attack, not like a disarming or am I getting that mixed up with something? Expelliarmus is the disarming spell. It's defensive, but also you can use it in a duel because your main goal is to get rid of the dude's wand. So that's a pretty fair... I mean, he said only to disarm, to disarm only, you know? That's the only thing they were learning. So he was supposed to do But then Malfoy brings out his stinking snake. Serpensocia! Uh, and then there's a couple old ones that I feel like they don't use anymore. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Because, like, when the flashback with Tom Riddle, he uses Aronia XMA. <laughs> and I think that's, like, a spider-related one. And then System Aperio. <laughs> and my favorite, Brachium Emendo. You know what I'm thinking of, actually? There's inconsistencies between the movies and, and the games. As to what the name yeah. of the spells was and what they did. Yeah. I think because that's the what game I'm invented its own one. Flippendo. Yeah. Flippendo. You just use Flippendo for everything and, and uh Alohomora for everything. And that's all you did. There was one. There was like a fire one, Incendio. Yeah. That one's that one's good. That one's in the books. But Expelliarmus was in there and I feel yeah. like it was like just like an attack. Yeah, okay. The PC games didn't know much. JK Rowling did not sign off on those. It's the equivalent to The Cursed Child, but fun. I'm still hung up on Daniel Radcliffe not having green eyes in these movies. I mean, it's not canon. Oh my goodness. (laughs) So, those are the notable spells learned in this. Well, I was talking about this big quote um, in the Polyjuice Potion scene because. Harry and Ron are trying to get a hair off of Crabbe and Goyle's head. Oh, yeah. And Hermione bakes up these delicious little cupcakes for them to entice Crabbe and Goyle. I forgot about these. <laughs> okay. With a little sleeping draft in them. The sleeping draft cakes. Another good yes. food in this movie. Man. Those things look so good. <laughs> They're like mini cupcakes. I realized when I looked up recipes, because I made some for tonight, actually. Um, I can go get those. But I always thought that they were cinnamon sugar toppings, not chocolate sprinkles. Because that's what it looks like from afar. And for 20 years that I've seen this movie, I have thought the cinnamon sugar, like cinnamon toast, but on a cupcake, that sounds amazing. And that's all I've been tasting every time I see this movie. And so when you told me that you always thought it was chocolate, that blew my mind. So I'll go I get those. I remember chocolate, but like I remember that there was like, I just feel like there was like a white cream filling in the middle or something. Yeah. I don't know yeah. if it shows that in the movie. I can't remember. Okay, so here's what I did making these. Because this is my recipe uh, according to my head canon, because I think they're cinnamon sugar. But apparently they're chocolate jimmies. Um, so I used regular cake mix, and I baked cupcakes, all right? And I poked holes in them, and I poured sweetened condensed milk, because that's what I had. And then I put cinnamon sugar on top and chocolate jimmies, and I broiled them to make it look toasty. 
and that is what I've got. So, <laughs> also put some um, sleepy time tea leaves in the cake batter. So a chamomile, valerian, lavender, maybe. It's the perfect nighttime snack, dude. These are good. Cool. I just love how, like, it's so funny that Crab and Goyle have just left the Great Hall with armfuls of sweets and snacks that they're taking back. But they just had to grab those two enticing floating ones with cinnamon on it. I'll die on that hill. Even if I'm wrong. <laughs> it's just so funny, the image of them. And then they're like, mm, this is good. And then they just pass out. <laughs> How thick could you get? Actually, okay. That scene was another British vocab word for me because thick. I thought they meant like, look how fat they are. But that's how dumb they are. But I guess it works in both both ways. But overall, what do you give this rating as my recipe? That's pretty good. <laughs> I'm pretty happy with it. I actually really liked it. I like the taste of that tea in there too. <laughs> Isn't it a nice taste? Mm-hmm. I thought they'd be overly sweet. Four and a half out of five. All right. All right, well, we'll be back right after our nap. Make sure the crab and goyle find these. Okay, so there, there's that part, which is iconic, the cupcakes. Mm-hmm. They look delicious. But after they transform, they, they take the polyjuice potion. They follow Malfoy down to the Slytherin common room, which is cool. We see that for the first time. And they're talking and everything. And Malfoy's just noticing they're acting all strange. He's like, what's, what's wrong with you? And, and Ron, as crab, is just like, mm, stomach ache. And that is like oh, yeah. a big quote for us. We say that all the time. Oh, that's probably that's probably number one, actually. Yeah, that's probably the most quoted thing. We just like, <laughs> stomach ache. It it has to do with like food and stuff too. Like, oh, what do you want to eat? Or like, are you hungry? I'm like, no, mm, stomach ache. <laughs> yeah, and it's more of like I'm not really sick. I'm just like, oh, I'm kind of full right now. Or like, <laughs> that'll make my stomach ache. I don't really want to eat. I don't want to eat that food. I don't yeah. want to eat Taco Bell right now, is what I'm saying. That'll give me a stomach. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it has to be the accent, too. That's the only reason. We're not going to just be like, uh, no, stomachache. No, it's like, stomachache. S- stomachache. Oh, the other quote I wrote down that uh, I forgot to mention, we were talking about the Cornish Pixie scene. It's like it ends with like Neville being like hoisted up in the air, and he's like hung on that like chandelier, and then he's just like, why is it always me? <laughs> oh yeah, that's why I brought that up for the Cornish Pixie scene. Anyways, I yeah, I thought that's where you were going, and then <laughs> my bad. <laughs> I want to talk about Tom Riddle. I want to talk about Chamber of Secrets. Okay, Salazar, Slytherin, all that kind of stuff. I want to talk about like the mystery of the chamber and all that, all that stuff. Perfect. Here's a question that I had for you as our Potter expert here. All right. Does the Wizarding World in general know that Tom Riddle is Voldemort? Like, do people know, Dude. oh, it was Tom Riddle, and then he became Voldemort? Yeah, no, they have to. Well, I thought it was weird because after all this time, they've still got this, like, award 
given to Tom Riddle at Hogwarts, like on display. I feel like that's something you'd take yeah, away. That's true. You know, like if Hitler went to your school and he like sold the most Chick-fil-A calendars and got a trophy for it. Like you'd probably <laughs> take that. You'd probably take that trophy out of the case. You know what I'm saying? Chick-fil-A calendars. <laughs> Do you remember that? Yes. That is the. That is the most Chamber of Secrets era thing, dude. That was the fundraiser oh, at school man. every year. We'd sell those Chick-fil-A calendars, and every yeah. month there'd be those like coupons. Before we had an app, you know, before yeah. we had the iPhones, you had those coupons on the on the calendar. That made me want to use a calendar. <laughs> All right, what's this month's free item? It was awesome. And they ended it as soon as in like 2016, I think. Because uh, they, yeah, I remember. I remember the last year, and it was like, man, end of an era. And they still sold. They still sold them for a couple years, but they just had the rewards on the app because you were a calendar owner or something like that. I remember there was like a card. You had a card, calendar card. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, anyways, but like going back to like the question though, like, don't you think they'd like take that award away? I guess like if it was like a Voldemort's award. I don't know. That was something like now like. As an adult looking back, I was kind of curious about that. They they have to know that that was him. There's no way. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And, I, dude, John, you're just coming up with the best questions I've never even thought of tonight about the Potter universe. I, I got some more. I got some more here. Oh, good. And also, probably all of these questions have probably been answered in, like, some Super Carlin Brothers video that I haven't watched. Yeah, that's but... probably true. Because they they just they dive deep into the Harry Potter theories, but you know I don't have time for all that sometimes. So, <laughs> um, okay, that was a question I had. We will have time if they want to be on our show, though. Like, if you guys want to oh, be a guest, yeah. if you're listening, please come on their show. That'd be awesome. Another question: Pipes. How is this basilisk sliding around through these pipes throughout the school? That thing was huge. Burl got some big old, it's a big castle. They got some big old pipes. What are you talking about? You think like, (laughs) (laughs) like that's supposed to explain how this thing is getting around the school sewer pipes. Yeah. And like, how are they going to, how's he going to, does he just get out of the pipes? Yeah. At some point, like how does it get out into the hallway to be able to like petrify kids and ghosts and cats? That's crazy because you feel like people would have seen it. It's a huge monster. I don't know. That was just that was something I was like, yeah, I don't, I don't understand this. <laughs> All right, moving on. More questions I've got. I don't know. These these are maybe like plot holes, kind of. Maybe not, but I don't know. Just questions I have. Yeah. Um, did Dumbledore know about Moaning Myrtle and about like how she died? Because I feel like if you heard her tell her story, you'd probably be able to figure out like what happened. If like these kids could figure it out in like just a minute or two probably like he knew obviously that myrtle died i just wonder if he ever knew like oh she was a ghost in that bathroom are you asking like did you know that it was a basilisk did he know that or okay right two parts to that one like how she died if he knew it was a basilisk two the location of the chamber of the of secrets because when she tells her story, she's like, I don't know. All I saw was two yellow eyes over there by that sink. You yeah, know? Yeah. And then, like, all Harry does is walk over to the sink and, like, oh, this one's got 
snakes engraved on the faucet. Hmm. Yeah, the old snake on the engraved faucet deal. That's Maybe a- there's something here. I don't know. But then again, you know, not everybody speaks parcel tongue to be able to open it. Yeah, up. he may have he may have known that there's something there, but there it hasn't been a problem. But I don't know. I feel like Dumbledore mm-hmm. would have. He's been there his pretty most of majority of his life, so he probably would have tried to find the Chamber of Secrets. But also, do you think he knew? He might not have known that it wasn't Hagrid, but he had to have known. Well, yeah, because he always stood up for Hagrid. So he must have known like that the spider, that wasn't the whole story, that there was more to it. But he wasn't yeah. even headmaster at that time. Right. Master Dippet. I'm under Dippet. <laughs> We're rising some good questions here. This is where I was like, are we going to get into like spoilers for the other yeah. stuff? I feel like we might as well. Like we don't have to get into like deep, but things are going to come up. Is that okay? Sure. Like yeah. if I talk about Horcruxes. Let's just, oh yeah, well, let's talk about that. Um, okay. But at first I want to be like, obviously spoiler alert, Tom Riddle is Voldemort. <laughs> but the way we found out though. So cool. My mind was so blown being in this theater and him just waving his wand, Tom Marvolo Riddle. Obviously, mm-hmm. we didn't know his middle name. Maybe we would have figured it out. But, I mean, this is an age demographic of kids that do word scrambles probably on a weekly basis. <laughs> and that was just so mind-blowing, seeing that wrap around saying, I am Lord Voldemort. That was so yeah. cool. Oh, that was so nostalgic. Just seeing like yeah. the CGI like letters in the air. <laughs> yeah. Like Tom Marvolo Riddle. I thought he I was carving that. it into the stone behind it, but it was just like mm. the camera angle. Um, yeah. I have another I have a a good question for you. How about this? Okay. Go I'm for it. confused on him being a memory brought to life. You can go into the Pensieve later on in the books, um, and view memories like a VR experience. Is the, I mean, he kind of also did that with the, with the diary. He could show him, like a VR experience. But like, how I don't understand what the difference between that memory, and a memory that's out of the pensive in like in real life. Was, the chamber secrets all just a dream? <laughs> yes. Okay. Uh, moving on. No. <laughs> I. You know. It's interesting. Like, it's one of those things you can't over explain it. Yeah. Um, where I was going in my question with that was it's talking about at the end, basically, he's getting stronger as like Jenny's life essence is being taken from her and given to yeah. him. That's kind of what's implied, I guess. So, was that his goal the whole time? Was to come back and like in a younger body? I guess. And if that was the goal, like, why didn't he do that sooner? (laughs) Like, why did he wait all year? Like, he had Jenny down there opening that thing up, like, before Halloween. I think he was trying to get Harry. Well, he found that out after. Like, not until she got rid of the diary. Right. But that's also a thing where it's, like, it's confusing, like, how... Because it's just a memory. It's like an enchanted diary i mean how do you bring back a memory to a real life person like like, how sentient is this memory 
Yeah. Like how, what's the connection between Tom Riddle and like the actual Voldemort out on the outskirts? Like, you know, that like flees away from like the back of Quirrell's head at the end of the first one. And yeah. He's out there somewhere, you know? Same person, different body. But he's just that, a That's where I'm, that's where I'm like, I, I, how is that connected? I don't know. Like if Tom Riddle was successful in this, he will have come back as a, as a clone maybe? How, like, how would those two reconcile? Would they just like he would just atta- the Voldemort would just attach himself back to to Tom Riddle or or what? Well, I don't know what the connection is. Maybe the floating Voldemort head was just waiting in the back corner of the in the chamber for when it did happen. Hmm. Just morph with it as soon as it was happening. I don't know, but I guess like he wasn't like a physical being really at the end of the first movie. But he could pick up a wand. Yeah, I'm talking about the Quirrell's head, Voldemort. Oh, yeah. Like, he just, like, flew away, like, as a ghost or memory, maybe. But, yeah, after he got strong, he could actually pick up a wand. So that was, like, him loading. The loading process. Yeah. (laughs) These are some good thoughts we're thinking. I don't know if this is entertaining for anybody else, but I'm glad we're having this conversation. I feel like we're getting deep here. Yeah. This is, like, some Carlin Brothers-level detective work. (laughs) But, like, how did, um, I guess the, the other question was, like, I feel like J.K. Rowling probably had a good idea of, like, maybe had the seeds of, like, the Horcrux idea, you yeah. know, early on. But definitely, like, wasn't fleshed out fully, I don't think, at right. this point. Because this is the first Horcrux we come across, I guess, technically. Right. And we don't know it. Harry, but. Later on in the books, it's revealed, oh, that that was... Yeah. And I feel like, you know, from this point on, like Dumbledore had a suspicion of that's what was going on, I think. And maybe yeah. that's he started looking into it a little bit more. I don't know. I guess. Yeah. What was like, what was the original intention of the diary? We find out later he uses it as a horcrux to split his soul. But, I, you know, I don't know. I don't think it's even talked about in the book. Like, did Voldemort like direct Lucius Malfoy to like take that to school? I think so. Yeah, Yeah, because he's like still a Death Eater, but quietly. But it's also like not, I don't know, he like seems surprised later on, like when Voldemort is back. I don't like, I don't know who directed him to give diary. I don't think because I think it's because he wasn't a part of the plan. Mm -hmm. As when he actually did come back. Mm -hmm. I guess he technically failed, so he moved on to another Death Eater. That's probably why he was so surprised. I don't know, but I do love the part at the end where he comes back and he's just like willing to kill Harry in the hallway after Dumbledore's office. Because he says the words, Avada. Well, it sounds like that. All right. But look at this. Um, We watch this movie with subtitles because that's what we do. Yep. The subtitles in that scene says Vera, like V-E-R-A. Vera. But it sounds like he's saying Vada, you know, and like he's like. I'm thinking they might have retconned that because I feel like I've seen this with subtitles and it said Vada. Maybe maybe they've changed the subtitles so that he's not like killing a 12-year-old boy in the hallway. I mean, that's that (laughs) would have made Voldemort so mad. He had to be the one to do it. We just killed He's my chance. I'm on a cadaver. 
I, I really like the stuff with Tom Riddle, though. I mean, all the questions and kind of plot holes or, or trying to piece the, the puzzle together. Like, I still really like that. Sort of like the origin story for a villain. Yeah, it's still really good. And I like the scene. I mean, the scene where, um, you know, Harry gets sucked into the diary and it's like the the color of the world is like black and white, but he's in color and um, just like yeah. exploring the memory. That is really cool. Um, yeah. That's one of the better scenes in the movie. I feel like it's really interesting. Yeah. I agree. I don't really know what to say to that because you just mm-hmm. said it quite good. Um, well, um, do you have any, any thoughts on like the chamber of secrets itself? Because I think this is amazing set design. Yes. <laughs> I have always wanted to swim in that pool in the chamber of secrets. <laughs> just like, I just always thought that the mouth of Salazar Slytherin was a water slide. And this could be like potential for Harry Potter world to open up a water park. Chamber. Of you Secrets. heard it here first, folks. If they do that, come back to here. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. It's just really cool. And like, especially when they use it where Harry climbs up like his beard and like the ridges, like a rock climbing thing. And he gets on top oh, of yeah. his bald head mm-hmm. to end it all. That's such a, um, vivid image like the texture of it all it's amazing i wonder what they made that out of i don't know it's an amazing set yeah Um, even the door opening that was intense this is the bravest movie through and through i would say they have to be so brave there's this is so much gryffindor Mm -hmm. versus so much slytherin i i'd be pooping my pants dude if i was like if I just went underground where nobody's been looking for a monster that I don't know really what looks like, what it looks like or how big it is. Mm. And I could just die down here. Nobody would know. Crazy. But they just don't have time to think about that because they know that like Ginny's down there. Yeah. But just like, you know, trying to save her life. You see the snake on the door and you can't tell if it's real or not. But oh, it yeah. starts to wiggle. And then like the sounds for each snake pulling back. Like, <laughs> Like, you know something bad is at the other side of that door. It is, this movie is so, like, edge of your seat intense. Especially for a first grader. (laughs) And I'm glad I saw it. But I used to be like, I don't know if I want to watch that one. It's a little scary. Like, when we had it on DVD and we were seeing which movie to choose. I'm like, I want to watch Chamber. I was like, I want to watch Chamber of Secrets. And you were like, easy, Wood. I've got a note. (laughs) i don't know i've just been trying to use that quote somehow nepotism (laughs) well let's talk about the basilisk scene that's a pretty important character the scariest part of the movie is the snake what about aragog aragon aragog that wimpy dragon (laughs) (laughs) that dragon from that failed movie franchise (laughs) (laughs) oh man um Aragog, that was also scary, but less scary than it was a fuzzy spider. Come on, it's huge. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm okay. Every kid is probably the two main fears as a kid are spiders and snakes, and this movie has both of those. Yeah, but I feel like I was a lot more scared of snakes than I was spider. See, the up. problem is, growing up, I was just way more afraid of dogs. 
<laughs> yeah. So if this had a big <laughs> Doberman or something in the Chamber of Secrets, I would have been I would have been so scared. <laughs> so the basilisk scene in this character is just so intense. I keep coming back to the word intense. Because there's so many moments where Harry could just die. Be eaten alive by a snake that is seventy feet long. <laughs> I would just get chills when whenever they saw like the bones at the bottom of the sewer chamber. Um and then like seeing the snake skin. And there's just like this movie series doesn't have missed details. Like they I mean, I guess there's a little bit, but like this is the movie, this is the series of books that have the most detail of anything. Imagery, at least. You could say that about Lord of the Rings, but they don't have as good of imagery. This scene does like a really good job of showing Harry in danger. Like you yeah. really believe like something could happen. That's not always the case in like kids' movies or, you know, things with the heroes and you just like yeah. know they're gonna be okay. But like I feel like in this scene, you genuinely are like on the edge of your seat. You don't know. Cause yeah. like first of all, it's established that if the thing even looks at you, like you're dead. Yeah. And yeah. so like quickly early on, like Fox like plucks out the eyes or whatever, like stabs the eyes. Yeah, so but that it could, it's like blind. Like, um, you could be petrified and stuck down there forever or you could die. Yeah. That's your two options. Um, so you're running around with your eyes closed. <laughs> and, and just the, like it shows the teeth. Yeah. And oh, like, man, you see him like when he does stab it and like. The teeth like, you know, bites into his arm. Yeah. Like, he does, like, actually, you know, take the hit. And, like, he's gonna yeah. die if Fox isn't down there. So I didn't, I didn't realize that, like, until this watch through. I don't know why I didn't realize it before, but I didn't realize he was a, going to die if Fox hadn't come down and mm, cried on his yeah. arm. I just thought, oh, he's injured. He'll just go to the hospital wing. It's fine. I didn't realize he was gonna die. Yeah. Phoenix Tears. Say this movie, this this healing powers. I just thought like, yeah, he's getting healed, but he was injured. He's not deathly ill, but he just got bit by a seventy foot basilisk with venom. Of course, he's about to die. I don't know why. I, I'm just mad that I didn't pick up on that sooner. <laughs> hmm. Um, but just like, whenever he first runs away into the pipes to try and like run away from the basilisk, and he takes the wrong turn. And then there's just, he hits a grate, and it's just a dead end. And the basilisk comes, and it's blind, but it can hear you. And it just gets right in his face, opens his mouth. And just, this, the croak, the... <laughs> the stench you can believe is there. And um, just the instant fear, like he makes one move and he's chomped. Chomped, and I thought he was a genius for picking up a rock and throwing it three feet. <laughs> and it's really funny because you kind of see the basilisk and like, I'm blind. I'm an idiot. There's nothing here. <laughs> it's kind of cool. But yeah. him doing that and him climbing up and like fighting it with his sword. That's that's awesome. So intense. So scary. This movie is. I'm always on the edge of my seat the entire time through. Whether it's escaping your bedroom with bars on your window or all the way at the beginning or 
being late to school, taking an alternate route with your flying car, or there's just so many opportunities for death in this. It's probably the most variety of types of deaths, like ways to die is showcased in this movie. It's the most and it's dangerous all because movie. Dobby's trying to save his life. Yeah. <laughs> Never save my life again. <laughs> One of the most satisfying like shots in the movie is just when Harry like makes the connection of like I'm going to take this basilisk thing and like stab this diary. Yeah. Like he just, just stabs like... it and you just see like the black venom just like bubbling out and just like destroying yes. it. Yes. It's just such a cool, cool shot. Cool shot. It's so satisfying. And it's so noble of him, too. Like, he realizes, that clicked with me. Like, he realizes, I'm going to die down here anyways. I might as well stop him. By stabbing Let's finish this, Tom. Yeah. Together. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, That's so cool. The quick decision making on his part. Mm -hmm. But, like, the bubbling venom. Do you kind of want to drink that? Do you kind of want to? Is that a forbidden food? <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. Ooh. So appealing. So cool looking. You know what I think of? I think of the episode of Hannah Montana where she's trying to get um, Oliver off of her back. Oliver what? Off of her back? All of her what? All of her... That episode of Hannah Montana where um, Oliver is obsessed with Hannah and he just won't stop following her around and she's just trying to be like the most unattractive person. So she chews that black bubble gum and starts chewing it and it gets everywhere and blows a bubble. And I feel like that's made of basilisk venom. I don't know if that unlocked a memory for some people, but. Good transition. Oh, and then the final, like, jab of the sword on top of Slytherin's head. Like, stabbing through the skull, through the mouth. Uh, Through through the roof of the mouth. Roof of the the mouth with getting a a fang right in your elbow, right where your veins are at. That's a cool shot. That's a cool... Mm -hmm. That's kind of intense. It's kind of scary. But it reminds me of, like... You know, when you're roughhousing with a dog or something and you kind of like the dog starts to bite you, but like playful biting mm-hmm. <laughs> and you like your hand gets stuck in the bite in, in its mouth. That's what it feels like to me. That's what I always think of the basilisk stabbing my arm whenever I get bit by a dog. <laughs> OK, not bit by a dog, but you know what I mean? <laughs> there's a couple couple things here before we wrap it up okay. that I wanted to mention. One, there's like the scene, obviously the scene with um you know the wrap up with Dumbledore where Harry's like explaining the um is that how he noticed similarities between him and and Tom Riddle and that sort of thing and yeah how you know should he should he have been in Slytherin because that's kind of a theme and a question throughout the whole movie which is why this is like such a Slytherin movie but he's yeah. like maybe I should have been in Slytherin um but it's kind of revealed, oh, the sword that he got out of the sorting hat was like the sword of Gryffindor. And only yeah. a true Gryffindor, you know, could have pulled that from the hat. Mm-hmm. And then also Fox, that was explained of how he was loyal to Dumbledore. And so uh, Fox went yeah. to help him in that. Um, but that's cool always concept. like a great scene of, you know, wrapping up 
I know it's like the end of the year. You have that talk with Dumbledore, and you like yeah. you learn a little bit more about how like of like the 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 greater picture of Harry and Voldemort and how they're connected and and that sort of thing. And at the end of the day, this is like um, Salazar Slytherin versus Godric Gryffindor. It's the battle of the houses in its purest form. A little bit. Hufflepuff nowhere to be found as <laughs> usual in the kitchens. <laughs> But there's a great, great scene afterwards um, when Harry tricks uh, Malfoy, Lucius, uh, into giving Dobby the sock and freeing him after all the, you know, basically um, having this terrible master the whole movie that he won't, you know, say who he's who yeah. he's serving. This is also the movie where um, we see Dumbledore's office for the first time. Pretty cool. Sherbert Lemon. True. I forgot about that. That was that was cool. Another ver another vocab word. Sherbert. Sherbert. Sherbet. <laughs> Any final quotes or final thoughts? I actually have one. Uh this is in a this is a quote that is only in the extended edition, but it just made me laugh so hard. Right after they are getting in trouble for um crashing into the Wampling Willow and being late and being causing ruckus first day of school. First of all, we didn't really talk about the Wampling Willow. That was awesome. Scary. That was intense. Another intense scene. That was awesome. We'll get into it in the third one. That was awesome. Moving on. <laughs> we'll talk about that next month, obviously. Um, and then they're getting in trouble, and then Filch and Snape are in there, and like, do you have any idea how serious this is? And then you're... You'd be on a train. If you were up to me, you'd be on the train going home tonight. And then Dumbledore just walks in and it's just like, they are not. <laughs> and it's like, here we go. They're back in school. But at the end of that, mm -hmm. they're like, it's time to go back to the feast. And um, Dumbledore is just like, there's a delicious looking custard tart that I'm most anxious to sup. <laughs> and that just cracked me up. That I'm most anxious to sup. <laughs> that's a good. That's a good line. Yeah, it really is. So, Michael Michael Gambon couldn't have delivered that line either. That's no, a, and we'll, we'll talk about that in the next episode of when we do Harry Potter three. But uh, yeah, man, Richard Harris, what a great portrayal of Dumbledore, especially for the first two. I'm very very happy we got him for those two movies at least. Okay, um, there was the ending scene I did want to mention okay. um, in the Great Hall, you know, after everything's settled, and you see Hagrid come back. Yeah. And there was just a good, a good line that, especially now with recent events that Robbie Coltrane recently passed, that I just, like, it just hit me yeah. different this time. Because it was, they see him and they, you know, he's like, oh, thanks for, thanks for helping me out. And they say, you know, it's not Hogwarts without you, Hagrid. Yeah. And I felt like that just kind of hit me different watching this, especially with the music at the end. <laughs> the swelling. You, the ending music, the swelling ending music of every Harry Potter movie gives me goosebumps every single time. Yep. Without fail. I have goosebumps right now. Just, I don't even hear it. I'm just thinking about it. <laughs> Man. Yeah, that, that, that hit, that hit really hard. Uh, the takeaway I have for this movie, uh, I thought of it while we were recording, and it's this. If it looks too good to be true, it probably is. And okay. that is aimed at Crabbe and Goyle in those floating cupcakes. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. 
Okay, my final thoughts, takeaways, uh, is from a quote that was probably our mom's favorite quote of this movie. And what we really haven't talked about is Ron saying his the quote was, Follow the spiders. Why couldn't we follow the butterflies? <laughs> so if I have any takeaway from this movie, just follow the butterflies before you follow the spiders, because the spiders are just going to get dangerous. <laughs> Letterboxed scores. Oh, reviews. my use. Letterboxd. What These is your hard. review? It's not hard. These are easy. Yeah. I'm just scared that I'm going to, as a movie critic, I'm going to give some movies naturally better that I don't think that are better movies from the story standpoint. I'm going to be surprised. No, these, are not a, these are not objective. These are subjective. This is how okay. you feel about okay. this movie. But I'm going to be objective. That's how, I, that's how I do my, that's how I do my scores. Right. Okay. For me, this is a five out of five. Really? Yeah. I'm going four and a half. Four and a half. Four and a half out of five. Mm. Just because I don't like to pick favorites, I don't want to put a single Harry Potter movie in a five. Mm. I'll do it all day, every day. Okay. Chamber of Secrets, five out of five. (laughs) Oh, okay. So one last thing. Uh, We have this reoccurring segment that we started last episode, or last Harry Potter episode, where I like to dreamcast the Muppets. If we did a Muppet version of this, where like all the adults are Muppets. And all the kids are just humans. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's only one addition to this, and we need to do Lockhart. And I was torn between two characters. One, because one's a fraud, pretty much. But he's lovable. So I was going to go with either Fozzie for that. But mm-hmm. Fozzie's not really full of himself. Um, so I, I settled on Pepe Lepron. He's flashy. He's full of himself. He's overconfident. And he's got no substance. So. <laughs> Pepe the Prawn is Gilderoy Lockhart in the Muppets recasting. I, I can go with that. Okay. I like that. And also chose not to do Dobby because he's a CGI character. So we'll just keep him. Mm. That'd be kind of weird having a CGI character with a Muppet, but we're going with it. He already looks, he already looks like a Muppet. Yeah. They can Muppetize <laughs> Dobby, but make it Split a new up. Muppet. That's fine with me. But yeah. I'm great, Scott. No wonder. Look at the time. We've been here nearly four hours. Time flies when one's having fun. <laughs> guess it's time to wrap up, Jeremy. I guess so. So, yeah, we're pretty much wrapping up, winding down for the end of the year. Um, it's December, baby. And uh, this, this is our last regular movie of the year. And we're going to transition into our Christmas movies. So we're getting ready for the holiday season. Um, and, yeah. So, Jeremy, next week it's going to be your turn. You have a hint for us for next week? Yeah, so we're going to do another Chris Columbus movie, but Christmassy. So, here's a clip. Yep, one quick score. We get ourselves a couple of phony passports, and we hightail it to some foreign country. Arizona? Very smart, Marv. You bust out of jail to rob 14 cents from a Santa Claus? Every little bit helps. Besides, now we got our new nickname. We're the Sticky Bandits. Real cute. Very cute. Our show art was done by Bryce Bridgman, and you can find him on Instagram at GroovyBridge. And if you want to find us on Instagram, hit us up at InsideQuotesCast. Send us a message, 
if you have any like future movies you want us to cover for an episode or just any feedback from our old episodes or whatever we'd love to hear from you um and if you want to check out our merch store hit us up there it's christmas holiday shopping there's sales get yourself a shirt get a sticker get a mug we love you and we want you to wear our stuff and if anyone wanted to leave a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, all you'd have to do is follow the spiders. Yep. <laughs> that would lead them right. Yep. That'll do it. But yeah, if you leave a five-star review, um, our dad will buy you a Nimbus 2001. Ooh. Yikes. I haven't run that one by dad, but... Yeah, I... we should probably warn him. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everybody. We hope you enjoyed listening to us talk about our childhood just as much as we have. And if you did, make sure you hit subscribe or follow on Apple Podcasts or Spotify so that you don't miss out on a future episode. We'll see you next time on Inside Quotes. Until then, I'll be reading the next Harry Potter book. I didn't know you could read. What? Uh, yeah. we talk about the basilisk basilisk basilisks scene okay it is, I, I keep going i keep coming restart the whole thing uh i guess we should talk about the basilisk scene i can't say it i i guess let's talk about the uh basilisk scene it's so i keep coming to the word intense <laughs> <laughs>